Welcome to the Later in Life Planning Show with Patrick Colley, brought to you by Keystone Elder Law, right here on News Radio WHP 580. Now, here's your host, Patrick Colley. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. At Keystone Elder Law, we try to be the shield that protects the middle class from the costs and the challenges of getting older. And most of the time we're doing that with uh, planning tools that that fall into the world of estate planning, such as a power of attorney, a will, certain kinds of trusts. Sometimes we're using Medicaid law to shield a family from financial ruin when long-term care comes along. But we, t- we talk about this in one form or another. The challenges, the costs of getting older take many forms. And you can find previous episodes of the show at whp580.com using the podcast menu in the upper left-hand corner. If you have the iHeart app on your phone or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and so forth, you can subscribe to the Later in Life Planning Show and if it's helpful, we'd appreciate it if you'd give us a five-star review because that helps other people find it. I want to tell you a quick story. A regular listener of the show came into my office, and we ended up building an estate plan that will shield him and his family from long-term care costs, from taxes, from other challenges that come with getting older. But during the initial phase of the conversation, I'm trying to figure out, as I do with anybody, What are your goals? What are your concerns or your fears about the future? Because that's really what's going to drive a lot of the estate planning. And he said at at this point in the conversation, he said to me, I listened to your radio show and you scared the heck out of me. Now, let me just stop and make one thing very clear. Fear is not the goal with the Later in Life Planning Show. There's too much fear in the media already. You can't watch the news without coming away with the idea that the world is about to end. And and frankly, it's been that way for decades. The world is always about to end. But what can you do with that kind of information? What can you do to stop unrest in the Middle East or rioting in our streets or poverty and so forth? Not much. So on the Later in Life Planning Show, fear is not the point. Instead of fear, we want to do the opposite. The point of this show is to empower you. I, I do provide information that can be maybe troubling, such as the, the likelihood of needing long-term care, You know what dementia looks like. These are potentially scary issues, but I'm giving you information and I'm giving you solutions, things that you can use to make a plan, a responsible plan, so you actually can do something with the information I'm providing. As I was going through all of this, though, and thinking about that that story about fear versus being empowered, I thought of an idea where or an issue where a lot of people in the second half of life, especially, have a great amount of irrational fear. And it doesn't have to be that way. So we're going to dive deep into an area that can not only improve convenience in your life, but it's also about staying connected with the people you love. It's about staying safe. It's about having control over your aspects of your life, what you own, and so forth. I'm talking about technology. And before you turn off the show in sheer terror, uh, and I do feel like I should cue up some scary horror movie sound effects right about now, uh, I will just recognize that a lot of people seem to react to the whole concept of technology and gadgets with great fear. But like I said, it doesn't have to be that way. Maybe you assume that technology has passed you by or it's just too massive and overwhelming to understand. 
But maybe you also recognize that you're missing out. If your grandchildren or your children would prefer to video chat with you, but you don't know how to use your smartphone, you're missing out on something. If you want to receive and, and look at photos or videos of little ones joining the family, but you don't know how to do that, you're missing out. But there's a solution to this problem, and I rave about this guy, my guest today, uh, to clients all the time. His name is Barry Gordon, and he started a business called Senior Tech Tutor. And you don't even have to be a senior to call him any more than you need to be an quote-unquote elder to call Keystone Elder Law. But thank you, Barry Gordon, for spending some time and sharing your expertise on the Later in Life Planning Show. Thanks, Patrick. It's very nice to be here and be part of this show. I'm looking forward to an interesting conversation. Well, so am I. And, you know, what you offer is so sorely needed. There are so many people who could benefit from your patient teaching style, your understanding of technology, and that really it comes down to the empathy for another person who has goals but does not know how to reach them. So before we go into the specific ways that you help people, I just let me just ask an open-ended question. How and why did Senior Tech Tutor get started? Well, it was always my goal in life to retire young from my first business. That was Quality Cleaners in Lemoyne, Pennsylvania. I was with the company for 35 years, and I always wanted to find some other thing to do when I retired. So this is my retirement business or my, quote, second act. Good for you. Thank you. I'm pretty excited about it. And I realized it started in 2018, the business, but I was thinking about it long before that, and I spent about a year preparing for this change of career. How was I going to do that? How was I going to get the message out? And what did I understand about technology? And how could I portray that to somebody else who really didn't know that much? So I started to think about how could this get started? What do I need? Um, Then I realized that there really wasn't anything out in the marketplace quite like that. And that's how the start of Senior Tech Tutor got, got going. Sure. So, and I think you're absolutely right. There, there's, there was nobody out there with with a growing population of people who had sort of let technology get ahead of them. And let's face it, technology has so rapidly uh, improved and and accelerated that, that it's understandable that would happen. But nobody was there to provide a very simple resource to keep up. And 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 I'm sure you'll talk about you know what they need to keep up with and what they don't. But is there that initial uh, period too, just as I was describing with my clients, where you need to sort of prioritize or triage. What do you need to know? What do you not need to know? Uh, or what are some of the initial steps you you take with uh, figuring out whether you can help somebody and how you're going to help them? Well, first of all, I just want to point out that this particular type of business doesn't exist out there in the sense that there's no peer-to-peer tutoring for seniors out there. Yes, Uh, AARP does a pretty good job, but no one's coming into your home to actually see what your equipment is. That's the first step that I take. What do you have in your house that A, you're missing, or B, it's just so old that there's just nothing that we can do with your equipment that's going to make it safe. So the first thing that I'm looking for is how can I introduce you to safety in technology? And then the electronic gadgets that you have. How many do you have? How old are they? Uh, When was the last time they were replaced? How fast is that technology working for you? What do you understand and what don't you understand? One of the things that I face going into people's homes right away 
is this fear that they don't know what they don't or they should know or they think they should know. And I try to put that aside and say, I'm sorry, that fear is something, it's only because you don't ask questions. And there's nothing wrong with questions. We all learn by our questions. And I think that's what we have to know. We have to know about our phones because they're a walking computer with us. And then we also have to feel comfortable with that those gadgets. I, I think my children were the impetus for me to keep learning about things because they always challenged me with, I can't believe you don't know that. And I hear that from my clients all the time. I can't believe grandma, dad, mom, you don't know that. Well, guess what, guys? We didn't grow up with those things. So it was easy for me to understand it for some reason. It just clicked with me. And now I'm able to relate to those people because I'm a senior also. Yeah. You almost want to put a rotary phone in front of one of those kids and say, now you work that. You yeah, know? exactly. <laughs> Many times I show a video with a rotary phone and we all have a good chuckle because we all grew up with that. They don't even know what that is. They have a push button phone. So it's a very different situation. Right. Very different thought. But but that's understandable. I mean, just the maybe a feeling of um, you're certainly not going to encourage people to make productive uh, changes by feeding into that shame of, oh, I don't know this. I, I feel so... You know, like I, I, I'm just dumb for not knowing this. And that's not at all the case. They figured out all kinds of technology in their time, but sure. they just didn't have that impetus, as you said, that reason to to keep up in one way or another. And whether it's the children or whether it's uh, the banks changing online banking, whether it's the medical system with their the portals, that's the only way you can ask questions of the doctor or make appointments. There's all kinds of reasons going on around us that are forcing us to be online. That's exactly right. We don't have a choice anymore. It's part of our lives, whether we like it or not. This is not about the like. This is about the need. And we need to know how to be safe when we do, when we are creating those portals that you mentioned. When the banks are saying you have to change your password every six months or whatever it is. So those are the kind of things that I bring to them because I understand what they're going through. Because I didn't grow up with this either. I learned it. You can too. That's a great message. And we'll be back with more with uh, Barry Gordon of Senior Tech Tutor. You can find him at SeniorTechTutor.com or his phone number is 717-831-8077, 831-8077. So we'll be back with more of the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. This is WHP 580. Now more of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580. We're back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. I am Patrick Cauley, your host and the owner of Keystone Elder Law. We're speaking today with Barry Gordon of Senior Tech Tutor. And before the break, Barry, you were talking about how, you know, a lot of people might might be slow to learning uh, new technologies or updating their technology, but it's because they never had a reason to. But the world is daily providing reasons to, whether it's family members who want to communicate or whether it's banking, medical issues. It's, I mean, even how we save our, our pictures and videos, it's all becoming platformed on an online or, or updated technology. And so now people have a reason. They just don't know how to go about learning how to use this technology or upgrade their technology. But that's where you come in. And I, I assume that's pretty much the, you know, the mission statement that you said before the break. You, know, you had to learn it, and so can everybody else. Absolutely. There's no question in my mind that you have to want to also. 
And one of the things I've learned over the over time doing this is that you have to practice. If I taught you how to play the piano, I would tell you that you have to practice, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm saying that you have to practice whatever you learn about your technology also. So if I teach you something and you just put it on a bookshelf somewhere, you're not going to learn how do you do it. So we're going to teach you how to learn how to do it. I don't come in and expect you to learn everything. I expect you to learn what you want to learn. And so what I do is I go in, I assess the house, and then I assess what you want to learn about your technology, whether it's about your phone or it's about your computer or your iPad, whatever is working for you that works well for you, we'll teach you more in depth about it. One of the things I learned is that my second act is all about teaching. And one of the things about teaching is that because we're seniors, we learn in a different way than the younger folks do. Many people learn visually, and many people need to use many senses. For example, when you write down physically on a card something that I've taught you, step-by-step instructions, if you write it down versus if I write it down, it's a very different situation. Usually, if you write it down, you're going to remember it. And then I'm going to challenge you to practice it. And And there's science to back that up. I just read an article about how writing things down, and that just happens to be how I learn but it really does wire things in the brain more. But great point about about practicing it and wanting it in the first place. If somebody is being pressured to learn it by their grandkids, then they're probably not the best student. Just like any personal trainer out there can tell you somebody's got to want to get in better shape or else they're, you know, there's a proven system to do that. But if you're not going to actually stick to it and do it, it's because you don't want it, you're not going to learn it. But people who are motivated can really do make a lot of progress, even if they have no idea what they're doing. Exactly. This is my second act. And I'm teaching. I learned that teaching is now a passion of mine. And it takes a lot of preparation. I'm teaching all over central Pennsylvania. Just for example, we started teaching, I started teaching at a Uh, library in Mechanicsburg. We started out with about 15 people, only on Apple devices. It was very nice. The first uh, session was very small. The second session, we had 80 people. It started at 15. Over 80 people signed up for the second class. The third class was also 75 people. The third class was also 75. There was a need. There's a big need out there. We have to make sure that we teach it properly and slowly and something that you can digest one thing at a time. We don't have to go all hog wild and get everything in. Like you said at the beginning, isn't it all about communicating with our children, with our grandchildren? And this is how we do it. And unfortunately, now we have to do with our bank, we have to do with our doctors. And I really like to call a doctor's office and get somebody, but sometimes that's not available to us. So we have to change with the times. It's not something we all like, but something we have to all do. Right. And we've even gotten to the point at Keystone Elder Law where we do try to gather certain information through an online portal. Uh, A lot of clients love it and they find it very efficient, but there are still some people who struggle with that. And it's just the way of the world. It's the way things are going. But the fact that this is such a good idea of what you're doing in your second act has been recognized even by the likes of the Wall Street Journal that gave you national attention for having this great idea and improving people's lives. And of course, you've had local attention, Nancy Eshelman. I mean, some other articles have been written. So this has not gone unnoticed that, that hey, what a great idea this guy Barry Gordon has. Um, so, But as you were talking about the various services that, that you offer, it seems to me that they fall into a couple different categories. 
One is, as you said, you go in you, and you sort of assess what do you have already and, and can, can we get to the point where you understand how to use it? But the other is, well, what new products or gadgets or technology do you need to buy? And with that, then you get into a dizzying array of subscriptions. And, you know, before we, we uh, went on the air here, you, 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 you told me about the cell phone store being the perfect <laughs> example of that. But I'll leave it to you to elaborate on, you know, when you're buying new products, sticking to a budget and, and, and things along that line. Yeah, in my uh, experience so far, now, the business is just about five years old now. It is one of the largest uh, problems for seniors is going into a cell phone store. Remember, we didn't grow up with cell phones. We actually communicated in different ways. We actually dialed the phone, as you said before. <laughs> but now we go into a store where mostly young folks are working. And they look at us like, okay, here we go. Now I can upsell just about everything. And we don't know. One of the things that I think I bring to most people is patience and understanding. I might not have all the answers, but I'm willing to research you, your issues and come to a resolution. How about patience in general for those who are not savvy with technology? That's what a cell phone store is looking for, somebody who's not savvy, and then they take advantage of you. And it's really a big problem out there for the senior market. That's why some of the different kinds of cell phones are so popular uh, consumer cellular, uh, except there's many of them out there. Recently, I had a client who wanted a new cell phone, got her a new cell phone. That was not the problem. It was the service that, that she was looking for. We went into two stores. One was $75 a month. The other one was very similar. And we ended up getting her, listen to this, one full year of service for $100. To me, that was a win. We weren't looking for anything special. She doesn't look to use it all over the place. Look, the kids are using it everywhere. They're on TikTok or whatever. They need that kind of service. For most of us, we don't need that kind of service. So that's where I come in with my experience and able to help them navigate what I think is a treacherous, treacherous area. The cell phone store. Yeah, <laughs> the cell phone store is probably just one example, but uh, of of this this phenomenon out there. But you're right. I mean, you get into levels of devices, and then there's levels of subscriptions, and you know, you there, there's a, a huge amount of uh, you know data and all of this, or what do you what you could possibly do with it? But what you're teaching people is no. Let's back up. What do you actually need this for? What's the function it will it will play in your life? And then let's work from there. But of course, the salesperson does not have a financial incentive to do that. They're going right for the kill. Uh, they want to sell the, the product. Um, and and when you get into understanding the devices that people already have, I mean, gosh, that that runs the gamut from the laptops, Apple or Windows, the iPhone or Android uh, phones, the smart TVs. Wi-Fi, uh, you know, all kinds of things there. But what, what, what are you looking at when you go in and assess what people have and, and helping them understand what they have? I think the first thing that I go in and look for is seeing what their internet connection is. Many times, and, and people don't realize that most of the big ones, it's Verizon and Xfinity, which are the big carriers right now. Most people don't ever change their equipment because they don't know that there's new equipment out there which can get them better service for the same amount of money. So we're going in and I'm looking at the router. Well, if it's 15 years old or 
10 to 15 years old, it needs to be changed out. They're going to get a better signal and they're going to get a better connectivity throughout their whole home. Many times they're not getting that connectivity. How do we improve that? Because it's a three-story house, for example. How do we get that signal from, and, and this has happened to me many times, where the actual signal comes in the basement and yet they're on the third floor and that signal is so weak it cannot be used pretty much. So they wonder why calls are dropping, why there's, you know, they're trying to stream something and they can't they can't watch it. Exactly. And people don't understand what bandwidth is. And I will tell you, we all talk about it, but we don't understand it. If three people are watching a streamed movie, that's bandwidth. That's a lot of things going on at the same time. And so if you would just unplug your router and stuck, click, plug it back in, you're going to open up some more bandwidth sometimes just by doing that simple thing. But it's really about understanding all those details that go into getting your signal strong and also what do you use it for. If you live by yourself, who cares about the bandwidth, right? It's, it's all about the signal, quick, quick signal. So those are the kind of things that are important for each individual to understand, and that's where I come in and make sure they understand it before I walk out the door. Right. Start with what's most important. So we're speaking today on the Later in Life Planning Show with Barry Gordon of Senior Tech Tutor. You can find more about Barry at SeniorTechTutor.com and his cell or his phone number is 717-831-8077. We'll be back in a moment after a break with more of the Later in Life Planning Show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law on News Radio WHP 580. Welcome back to the Later in Life Planning Show on News Radio WHP 580. Here's Patrick Colley. We are back on the Later in Life Planning Show, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. My guest today is Barry Gordon with Senior Tech Tutor. You can find him at seniortechtutor.com. Before the break, Barry, you were talking about some of the first highest priority items when you go into someone's home to work with them. You were looking at their uh, their router, looking at the signal they have. Do they even have connectivity? Do they need to upgrade there just so that, that the, the devices will work? What are some of the other things that you're looking at when you first start working with people? Well, one of the things I spend an awful lot of time with these days is passwords. Everyone really hates them. We all hate them. And... Uh, most people don't write them down properly or they depend on some of the devices that are now available to them to remember those passwords. And that's probably a good idea. As we get a little older, our mind doesn't work as quickly as it should, or we want it to. And some of us are blessed with great memory. And unfortunately, many of us are not. And so don't rely on your head to remember these passwords uh, one of the things I've learned over the last six months or so is is password managers are really good to use. Uh, many of them are out there. You've heard of them, 1Password, Dashlane. Uh, I could go on and on. And the concept there is you only need to remember one, and that gets you into all of your securely stored passwords. Correct. Okay. That's correct. And Apple, for example, has its own password manager built right into the software. It's called uh, Keychain. Keychain is a really nice easy thing to use, and that's another password manager. But passwords, in my opinion, I spend more time with that than anything else because people don't remember them. The second thing that I've noticed in most senior homes is a lot of them are still using AOL, mail. AOL email is based on advertising. So whatever you think you're getting as far as junk mail, you're getting a lot more on AOL, unfortunately. 
So I try to tell somebody, well, maybe you want to think about possibly going to a different email, and that is built. That's a certain amount of resistance right there. So we don't push that, but it's something that we th- we think about as we move forward. But there's so many other things to deal with. Uh, for example, Patrick, I'm sure that you've got a brand new TV in your home, and they're called smart TVs. Why in the world did anyone call them smart TVs? Because it's smarter than I am. Well, that's exactly <laughs> right. So why in the world would you call it a smart TV when it takes a little bit of knowledge to understand how it actually works? And basically, it's a computer on your wall. That's what it is. And so how do you navigate through the inputs or getting it set up uh, with your internet connection? Do you know that they're mostly Google-based? They're, that's how it's based in that software. So if you're an Android user, you know right away what's going on. If you're an Apple user, this is a foreign language to you to a certain extent. So it's something that you just, again, another thing for us to learn about. One of the other things that is going on there, out there that I think is very, very important, and if I leave my, your listeners with nothing else today, it's this. You must update your devices even if you hate updates. Why? First of all, I know you're all thinking, I hate updates. Everything changes and I can't stand it. And I'm going to tell you that you still must update. And the reason is, is because these companies are putting out updates to protect you as an individual. They're trying to put out as much virus protection and otherwise to keep those bad players out of your devices. If you are going to ignore those consistently, you are asking for trouble. And when you're talking about updates here, that means not you have to go buy a new phone right away necessarily. That means when they say, hey, there's a new Apple version one point whatever, would you like to update? You want to hit the update because it's going to infuse some new software. So I just wanted to draw the distinction between I have to buy a new TV. No, 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 no. no. Just up the the software updates. You'll see it on your phones, especially if you have an iPhone. They push those updates. And then it'll say, do you want it to do it overnight? Many times it just happens and you have no choice. And then all your icons moved around or wherever the print button was, it no longer exists there. It's somewhere else. And that's where I come in. I can help you stay up to date. That's my job. My job is to stay up to date and to teach you how to stay safe and up to date. One of my most successful stories recently is a doctor in Manhattan. During the pandemic, we all had this to completely pivot. And I was completely online just when my business was starting to really start to take off. You and I got together. We interviewed each other because we didn't know what else to do. Now I'm back in your home seeing what your uh, devices are. But this particular, so I'm able to teach you at home and I'm also able to teach you virtually. So the virtual part came into play when I had a doctor contact me who's in her 70s uh, in Manhattan And she had never been on a Zoom call. She had never been on a FaceTime call, but yet she had a brand new Apple device in her possession and didn't really know how to use it. She was told by her family, this would be a great opportunity for you to learn how to use it. Well, you go into an Apple store and they'll be glad to sell you something. They don't necessarily have the classes unless you're willing to put in the time. Anyway, we got her all situated on a Zoom call, no problem. I had her Windows computer all set up, and then we were able to teach her how to use her cell phone. It was very gratifying 
over a period of time, about three months, they were able to do that. And it was it was really, really nice to see someone who knew nothing to now know something. Right. And what a dramatic change that is in her life to at least get some of the functionality of an amazing handheld computer. I mean, there's so much you can do that makes life easier. And I remember one of the first times you and I spoke, you you held up one of those nice boxes that the (laughs) cell phone comes in and you said, isn't this pretty? And the packaging is so nice. But I'm looking inside and I'm not finding any instructions. How do you use this thing? (laughs) And ain't that the truth? That's that's the way it works. I love my business. Every day there's something new to learn and experience. And if you look at your technology like that, you're going to like it eventually. You're not going to love it. It's okay. I'll love it for you. You can like it. But you have to learn and experience. One day it could be a printer problem, uh, another piece of equipment that's cast away is being repurposed. I just want you to know that, that sometimes I take a little equipment out of your house because it needs to be replaced. But then I find a new home for it most of the time. Not all the time. Some things are just plain too old. But I have clients that tell me all the time they don't want to change their equipment and learn something new. And you may need to change to keep safe on the internet. That's the big issue. Don't wait to call me when you're having trouble just getting your computer started. It's almost too late. And that's the scary part, folks. If you can just remember, do it before Just like your car, you wouldn't take it in because it doesn't start all the time. Sometimes it's misfiring or whatever. You take it in, do some preventive maintenance. Let me help you do that. Right. And and if even if it's selecting the right computer from the outset, you can provide guidance on that. Do you need all the bells and whistles or can you uh, get by with something else? But then understanding how it works, how to maintain it, how to look for these software updates that you're talking about. I think that's so important. Um, and back to the smart TVs. I mean, these days you can't just watch TV. I mean, growing up, we had like what VHF, UHF, there were a couple knobs on the TV. Now it's not even TV. It's these streaming apps that are taking over the smart TVs. And and if you don't know how to keep up with those, it's just, uh, it's a big screen that you don't know how to use. So, I mean, can you help people make sense of that as well? Yeah, we'll do an assessment. Lots of people ask me, what do you think about cutting the cord, right? Do they want to get rid of their cable box? You know, seniors, it make yourself, uh, uh, your life easy. Don't make it more difficult. Uh, if you're happy with your cable box, keep your cable box. It's a little more expensive, perhaps. Maybe that's the luxury that you have afforded yourself in your retirement years. On the other hand, if you really like technology and you feel like you're missing something with those streaming services, by all means, go out. The TVs are cheap. It's learning how to use them that's expensive. Right. And this is just another area where the world is forcing us to adapt because all of the, you know, I don't know if they're making as many movies for theaters, but so many uh, series uh, that you'll hear your friends talk about. Are you watching this show? Are you watching that show? They're going straight to these streaming platforms, and that's just the way the money works for them, I guess. But you have to know, how do I access that? Yeah, it's it's really a changing it's great for the actors and directors and producers for all these different shows that are now on the streaming services, but you can go poor getting all the different streaming services too. So every, everything is running a cycle. And I think we're in a different type of cycle with TV watching and, and what it means. Uh, during the pandemic, it was very important because we weren't going to theaters. Now we're going to theaters again. Is that going to change your streaming service need? Maybe you want to cut back on that. You know, just because you buy a streaming service one day doesn't mean you have to keep it six months later. We tend to 
have difficulty change. Some people love change and embrace it, and some people don't. But I think the most important thing that that you've said so far is when you practice it, it goes from being a foreign language to one that you become at least proficient in, if not fluent, and it's so much more enjoyable. You know, it, it's it's once you understand it and you see the value for your life, you wonder how did I get by without this. We'll talk more about this after a break. We are speaking today with Barry Gordon of Senior Tech Tutor. He can be reached at SeniorTechTutor.com or 717-831-8077. More on the Later in Life planning show sponsored by Keystone Elder Law in a moment. You're listening to News Radio WHP 580. It's the Later in Life planning show here on News Radio WHP 580. Now your host, Patrick Colley. We're still here on the Later in Life Planning Show, uh, sponsored by Keystone Elder Law. We are talking about technology today, aging and technology, not as scary as some people make it out to be. And my guest today, Barry Gordon with Senior Tech Tutor, is, uh, I think, explaining it very well. And, and the resource that he offers really breaks this down in a way that is manageable and that can truly improve lives so one other thing, Barry, that I wanted to, to go over with you was, you know, what, what if eventually a person passes away, but they have information stored, say, in their, their iPhone or their uh, Apple iPad? What's the continuity of information? How can other people contact or find that information? Or maybe it's on Facebook or Google. What's, what what uh, uh, processes are available to make sure that that information can be accessed? Well, recently, Apple has really done a great job with digital legacy. Uh, they have created what they call a di- legacy contact that you can put right in your software, and you can have more than one. So if you have four children, you can make all of them a digital legacy contact. It, and also, it gives them an opportunity to set up a program whereby all they have to do is give the death certificate, and they would have access to just about everything under your Apple ID, which is really important because there are, I actually have in my possession a iPhone, which is perfectly good, but because this, and you you deal with this all the time, a loved one is in a, a facility. The facility doesn't know what the password was, but they help set it up because their personnel turned over. And so nobody really knows what that password is. The children don't know it. And without that password and the answer to security questions, I can't change the Apple ID. So basically, I have a really nice doorstop. Yeah. And that's not really what a $1,000 phone should do. It should do a lot more than that. So I encourage you to set up a digital legacy program. Facebook has it. They also make it very difficult to shut down your account unless you have a death certificate. As an, as an heir. So you have to make sure that you have this all set up. It's not just about your bank account. It's about everything that you do online. That's your digital legacy. Think about it for a minute. We have all these portals that we just mentioned, but there's also a lot more that we do online that we re- don't even realize just being in touch with our family. Yeah, I couldn't wait to ask you that question because it, it, now it's several years ago, but I was uh, the counsel to the Senate Judiciary Committee in Harrisburg at the time, and we set up a, a hearing on this digital legacy topic because the tech companies were taking the position, like you said, they they were making life difficult for people where 
you know, and they had a good good argument. They said, do you really want somebody just being able to get into your email or, or to get access to your photos and everything like that? So they had a security argument. But we were coming at it from the standpoint of, and now I, I guide clients at Keystone Elder Law through this, that, you know, this isn't just a matter of opening a file drawer and finding the insurance statements or policy statements, the bank statements, the hard copy photo album. That doesn't exist anymore. We're moving on to this online platform. And so continuity of access, if a person becomes incapacitated or if they pass away, how do we get at that stuff? And so... On top of what you said, Barry, about the processes that they have built into Facebook and Apple and and Google, uh, I strongly encourage people to make sure that if your uh, estate planning, your your power of attorney, your will, any trust that you have since about 2016, 2017, we now have a law in Pennsylvania that says you can build digital access to these sorts of things right into your estate planning. And of course, we do that at Keystone Elder Law. Uh, but Barry, there, what other common questions come up when when you're dealing with clients? I mean, this digital legacy makes an awful lot of sense. Continuity of contact with the more information there is. What else are people really concerned about? Well, one of the things I wanted to bring out in, in our discussion today, people are very concerned as seniors. I know what they're concerned about. One is money. Two is you're going to go into my personal stuff here? I don't think so. And the answer is I don't do anything that they don't want me to do. For example, I won't go into uh, knowing what their bank account password is. I don't really want to know that, nor do I want any responsibility. But I think security is a big concern for all of us. Seniors should be the most concerned because they don't understand what is risky behavior on the Internet and what is appropriate. After all, we didn't grow up with this technology. It's a different form of, of, of uh, doing things. I recently took a four-part class on Apple device security. It is scary and things are changing. Viruses are not the issue anymore. Understanding our profile on the web is. And how companies profile you through your habits on the browsers that you use, that's the real danger. So many people say to me, and, I, and I've witnessed this myself, how do they know, I was just telling my wife about it, that I want to buy a, a new fan in my bathroom or something, and all of a sudden, on my web pages, I'm seeing all this advertising, because they're profiling you. They know exactly what you're looking for. How do they know all that? They know that through your geographical loca- location, just by your IP address, or Maybe you've taken lots of pictures about that bathroom fans at a particular plumbing store. Well, there's a geographical tag on your pictures also, so they know that. All legal, by the way. They're allowed to do this kind of tracking and, and then targeted advertising. That's exactly what what's happening. And then what about these, what I call shortcuts on your web browsing? They're called extensions. That's the most vulnerable part of your online presence. So you can look through all kinds of browsers. You can have Google, you can have, you know, I don't care which one you're using. If you have an extension set up, it is one of those things that the bad players are getting involved in and they know exactly what is going to hit you. So be careful. For Apple users, VPNs are not really the rage either. It does hide your IP address, but not from phishing, for example. And let's talk about phishing, for example. That's uh, in your email. They're looking for that special thing that is going to make you click on their uh, 
email, and then all of a sudden you're in a rabbit hole, which is someplace you did not want to go. And you're just letting them in by clicking on what yep. appeared to be a legitimate link or something, and you just let them in. I don't know about you, but I've gotten at least a dozen Amazon. Your Amazon account is now being oh, sure. held. Please, please, please don't click on anything. If you know for a fact that your Amazon account is fine, don't click on it. That's the main thing. Just don't click through because once you've clicked, you've opened up a whole profile on you. There's a new gadget out there that Apple provides called Prime Relay. Prime Relay, if you're a paid iCloud subscriber, just click on your name, then iCloud, and scroll down the menu. This is all in the settings app. And activate it. What that does is it hides your IP address only on your Safari browser. So if you're an Apple user, that's a really inexpensive way of hiding that IP address. Does it hide you from being in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania? Probably not. Does it hide you from being on your exact street name? Yes. So it's a really free, easy way to get some semblance of security. Again, only if you're an Apple user and you have an, a paid iCloud account. So there's lots of things that we should be doing. I don't mean to scare anybody, but you should be a little bit frightened in the sense that you should be getting the education so you're not scared, so you can feel more comfortable. And that's what I bring. I charge $75 an hour to come right to your home. I really feel that I bring something that's very unique and very needed in the senior market. When I first started in this business, just five years ago, there was very little software available to seniors that targeted their market. Today, that's not the case. Why? Because software manufacturers realize that, guess what? They're willing to pay the money to make sure that they have some of that security that I'm talking about. And the way that you work, too, isn't just you know, here's this computer and then flip through this. You actually, and I've heard you talk about this, you'll use flashcards if necessary, very old school ways that are tried and true to learn something in a simple way, step by step. Correct. I don't think there's anything easier to do is to learn it step by step, write it down yourself, come back to it, look at it. Oh yeah, I missed step three. No wonder it's not working. It's okay. That's how we learn. That's how we all learn. That's how we learned in first grade. And it's okay. And do you have any sort of, you mentioned earlier, um, at the Mechanicsburg Library, do you have any presentations coming up or or should people just go to your website? How do they get in touch with you to learn more? Usually my best best way to learn what I'm up, up doing this day, this week, whatever, is my Facebook page. Just look at Senior Tech Tutor, look my name up. You'll find all kinds of things, what's going on. Um, I also teach at the Pathways Institute for Lifelong Learning, uh, that's been a really nice outlet for me. There's some great opportunities. Final thoughts. Don't be embarrassed to ask for help. I spend hours daily trying to keep up with the latest things that affect seniors with their electronics. It's an uphill battle. But being a senior myself, I have the energy, drive, and patience to help them with their issues. You know, you and me both, um, I you spend a long time trying to become a master of a certain area and it's a great feeling to be able to bring people along and improve their life with it. I'm sure that's what you're doing with Senior Tech Tutor. Everybody check out SeniorTechTutor.com. Check out KeystoneElderLaw.com for more information about us. We offer weekly workshops using the Workshops tab. You can get registered for free and learn more. Hope you'll join us next week for another episode of the Later in Life Planning Show here on News Radio WHP 580.